get into Joel, Amos, and Obadiah, we are going to be focusing on the book of Amos today. And in the book of Amos, what we see is God raising up another leader, a prophet, who um, God raised up as he was out tending his flocks. Uh, And what we see in the book of Amos is Amos begins in telling of upcoming judgment because of turning away from God. But what he really does is he begins with with outside the area, kind of talking about uh, other nations. And I think he began with this because it's easy for us many times to hear about, okay, there's this problem going on. Okay, I know that problem's over there. Okay, I know that problem's going on here. Um, I, I, I think of that when, when I first uh, heard about what was going on in, in the world of human trafficking. I, I thought, well, I know that that's probably going on in other parts of the world. But then when the, the person talking said, no, that's going on around you, you are just unaware of it, that kind of just blew me away that, really, I had no clue that this was going on. And I think Amos was doing this, and he was he was kind of bringing the circle in. He starts in the outer region, but then what he really does is he brings it down to the nation of Israel and points to them how they have turned their back on God, how because of different things uh, they have turned from walking faithfully with him. And as we've been going through our study of the Bible, through the Old Testament, you and I have been reminded over and over again how as people, We see God do something in our lives. They saw God do something miraculous in in their nation. And, okay, God, we're going to serve you. We're going to love you. We're going to remain faithful to you. And then how quickly they turned away. And think in your life, maybe of moments of, of revival that you have seen of, Lord, I want to remain this on fire for you. And hopefully that has remained. But if you're like most, you've seen where maybe there have been peaks and valleys that have come into your life. And here, Amos is trying to bring the children of Israel back to walking faithfully with God. He's, he's telling them of upcoming judgment if they do not turn to him. So I want to begin by looking at some lessons from the book of Amos, and then we're going to look at a specific chapter Um, here later on, but lessons from the book of Amos. But before we do that, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that we have uh, not only have access to, but uh, most of us have multiple copies of it in our home um, that we can look to. Lord, we have access to resources and different things to help us in our study of your word. But most importantly, Lord, you gave us your spirit to help guide us in truth. And today we ask that you would be our guide, that uh, as we look at this book and as we look at different aspects of it, Lord, I pray that you would not only help us to see uh, what Amos was trying to remind the children of Israel, but Lord, help us to focus on ourselves, to see areas maybe where our lives are very similar to, to theirs. Help us to see areas that maybe we are not walking faithfully with you. Lord, we we do want to walk closely with you. 
We want to be faithful in the days that you give us. Uh, We want to be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, that's what we are. We are your servant, and we pray that you would work this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So some lessons from the book of Amos that he was he was reminding them of was, first off, that God does not want your outward worship only. Your outward worship only. It is empty. It is actually a lie. Um, they, were, they were at times practicing the right things. They were on the outside showing the right things. But when it really came down to the day-in and day-out practice of walking closely with God, they had turned from him. I was thinking of this in our, in, as a church here. God does not want us to just outwardly be praising him, but inwardly we're making about it about ourselves. Our focus and our glory should be for God alone. Not so that we can say, oh, look at, look at us. God does not want your outward worship only. He is more concerned with what your heart is. And so as you, as you seek to worship God, maybe are you seeking to him? And I don't mean just in, in the sense of when we're gathered here at church. I mean in your day in, day out, every moment of your life. Would you say your life is lived in worship of God? You know, we are singing, this is my father's world and seeing his creation. When my life is lived in worship of God and seeing him in every area, when I, when I look at the beauty of creation, I don't say, oh man, this is so great that I get to enjoy this. My heart is filled with praise with him. So is, would you say that you are... Your daily life is filled with constant worship of God. Maybe those around you don't know, but you are continually seeing the glories of God around you. So the children of Israel were, were not filled with a heart of worship. But then what we see in them is that prosperity can make us soft in our walk with God. So what had happened is, They had seen the blessing of God, and sometimes the blessings of God, we can turn around and actually can be, um, when they draw us away from the one that gave them to us, can end up being a curse. And that's what had happened here. So God had blessed them with prosperity. Uh, God had um, given them great wealth. And what they had done is they had used it for their own for their own privilege, for their own pleasure. And as I was thinking and reading of the book of Amos and how God had blessed them with prosperity and how how it had made them turn from him, maybe it's just because we've just come from the 4th of July and thinking about our nation. And I thought, God has blessed as a nation, he has blessed us so richly. And how that prosperity many times turns to us living for our own pleasure instead of living for the glory of God and has made us soft in our walk with God. Why? Because we have everything that we need. We have everything that we need. Most of us are probably not worried about what we're going to eat for lunch. If we're worried about what it is, we might be worried about what it is, not if there will be anything, right? 
We're not worried about what's for lunch. Um, if we are going to have food, we're not worried about where are we going to find shelter for tonight? Where are we going to find clothing for the next couple of days? No, we have so much prosperity that instead of daily reliance upon God, I have everything that I need. Why do I need to be concerned about this or that? And so just like the children of Israel, Amos was reminding them that because of their prosperity, they had turned their back on God. I want to warn each of us that don't become content with what you have. Don't be at ease with what you have. Daily rely on God for the strength that you need. But then we're reminded that just as God does not want our outward worship, God knows your heart. Um, As we studied uh, the book of Samuel, we saw when David was anointed, we were reminded that God does not look on the outward appearance, but looks at the heart. Now, this can be quite a blessing because no one else may know your heart. You may not be able to share that with anyone else. They may look at what you're doing and they may misjudge your motives. They may say, oh, I bet he's doing that for the wrong reason. Now, that, that's on them. But God truly knows your heart. As you are serving and doing it for the glory of God, God knows that. As you are taking care of your family and you're doing it for the glory of God, they may not appreciate it. Mothers, your kids may not show you appreciation for everything that you do for them. Uh, but God knows your heart. And as you do it for him and not for the glory of man, we know that the things done in secret that God will reward. So God knows your motives. But here, here the children of Israel were not only uh, making an outward appearance, but we read that they were actually serving false gods and serving false idols. And after everything that God had done for them, here they were back serving, serving idols and serving statues. And in our, in our Wednesday, this past Wednesday in our teen class, we were talking. I said, we as Americans don't have the temptation to bow down to idols. Uh, we're not serving uh, uh, wooden figures or, or carved images like the children of Israel. But our temptation as people is we have really made ourselves the idol, where we worship and serve our own desires and our own selves and have turned our back on God. But God knows your heart. And we read here that God cares deeply about justice. We know that God is a just God. And not only had God blessed them with prosperity, but they were using that prosperity to take advantage of the poor. So instead of taking taking what God had given them in blessing, they were using that to take advantage of the poor. So today, as you think that God cares deeply about justice, where are areas in your area, in your community, that you see injustice happening? And maybe God wants you to speak up about the injustice that is taking place around you. Maybe God wants you to be a voice for the voiceless in the fight for life. Maybe say, well, I I can't do a whole lot. Amos 
Amos probably, as he was growing up, had no clue what God was going to ask him to do. But who, where are injustices that are happening around you? That you say, you know what? Somebody needs to take a stand. If there's, look for areas that you've been complaining about things. And that, that might be a good spot to start looking of the injustice that is taking place. Who are the poor around you that you need to take advantage of? Not advantage of. Wow. Okay, you, most of you weren't listening, so I could have gone with that, right? Who are the poor around you that are being taken advantage of that you need to take a stand for and defend? So God cares deeply about justice, and God had a message for this wealthy and idolatrous people. Turn to Amos chapter 4, and we're going to look. You have probably seen... Um, seen this on signs in different places in yards. Um, but here is the message that Amos had for this people in, in Amos chapter 4 and verse 12. Um, in verse 11, he said, I overthrew some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like a firebrand plucked from the burning, yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. He said, what you should be doing is you ought to be preparing to meet thy God. You know, that is a verse that we should all be considering continually. First of all, it reminds us that there is a God. The world needs reminded today that there is a God. He is a just God. He is the creator, and being the creator, he is the Lord. So we, we understand as we, as we sit here today, we understand, oh, yeah, I understand uh, that there is a God. But do your neighbors know that there is a God, that you are his servant? Think of, think of this. He's reminding them there is one true God that you need to be prepared to me. Not these idols, not these different things that you're worshiping now, but there is a God who you should be preparing to meet, who is the Lord and who is the judge. And as we study, as we look at creation, we are reminded there is a designer, there is a creator, and being the creator, he is the Lord. But In thinking that there is a God, we also see that you and I are accountable to him. You and I are accountable to him. I think of uh, growing up when when my parents would, um, as we were older and having older siblings, my parents would leave, maybe like go on a date or something like that, and would often give us, we we want this stuff done before we get home. You know, they'd kind of have a list of of. After that stuff is done, then you guys can do what you want around here. But we want this stuff done by the time we get home. Um, we will be home around such and such time. So as good kids, we would always go in and get it done right away, get our work done first, and then play later. No, of course not. We would push it off as long as possible, and then sooner or later someone would be like, Mom and Dad are going to be home in a half hour. And... It was panic mode trying to get everything done in time, right? We knew that we were accountable to our parents when they got home. 
We knew that they were the authority in the home, and we were accountable. We didn't say, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, what, what are they going to do about it? Um, we won't even go there, what would have happened if we would have said that. But we knew that we were accountable as our authority. We knew we were accountable to them, and we had a time and a, a date of when that day of reckoning was going to be coming. Now, if we got our stuff done, if we got our work done, you know, no trouble, no problem, didn't have to worry about it. But if we didn't meet the requirement, we knew that there would be consequences because of that. In our life, God does not give us a day and a time when, when we are going to meet our God. That's up in the air for all of us. But we need to understand that you and I are accountable to him. And just like with our parents, they didn't know what was going on while they were gone. When they got home, they could see what had taken place, whether we did the work or not. God knows our every thought and deed, and we are accountable to him. And that brings us to we will meet him someday. In Hebrews 9 and verse 27, it says, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now, if we are doing what is right, and as a child, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to, then I'm not fearful when our parents return. But if they came back early and we hadn't done what we were supposed to, then there's a sense of fear that comes along with that. And it's the same when when I am living for God's honor and glory, then we will be ready when our time comes to meet our Savior. And that brings us to you and I better be ready. First of all, Do we know that our sins are forgiven? Do we know Jesus Christ is our Savior? Have we called upon him for salvation? And then are we living for him? But in the midst of this this nation that was very prosperous but had turned their back on God, God raised up Amos. And here he was a shepherd and a farmer. So it's interesting to think, God, God liked to use shepherds to deliver his message. Um, we think of God raising up David, a shepherd, uh, Amos, a shepherd. Uh, we see how God used um, fishermen, how he used even a slave in Joseph, and the different people that God chose to use. So never think, oh, God can't use me. God wants to use you. But here we have Amos who was bold in his preaching. He was straightforward of the upcoming danger and the upcoming judgment. And turn over to Amos chapter 5. In Amos chapter 4, we read that he reminded them to prepare to meet thy God. And now in Amos chapter 5, we read how he is telling them uh, to prepare to meet thy God. And look down in verse 4. Amos chapter 5 and verse 4. He says, Thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, nor Gilgal, nor pass over to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and devour it with no one to quench it in Bethel. You who turn justice into wormwood, and lay righteousness to rest in earth. He made the Pleiades and the Orion 
He turns the shadow of death into morning and makes the day dark as night. He calls the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. He rains ruin on the strong so that fury comes upon the fortress. They hate the one who rebukes in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. Therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from him, though you have built houses of hewn stone, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. For I know your manifold transgression and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice in the gate. Therefore, the prudent keep silent at that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. So the Lord God of hosts will be with you as you have spoken. Hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. So what does he say here? He says in verse 4 and then again in verse 6, Seek me and live. So the answer to all the world's problems, the answer to Israel's problem, the answer to your problems are found in this. Seek God and in him you find life. Seek him and in him you find life. To seek means to search out. Have you ever lost something and you you were searching it? for it drastically maybe it was a set of car keys and you're like i know i set them right here where did those go you know i i mean searching for them like you really want to find it not like a child who you're trying to get to church and they lost their shoes and they're just like i can't find my shoes anywhere and you're like you're not really you're not really even looking no searching out something having a passion where okay where is this has anybody seen this I know it was here. Somebody must have taken what there, you you have a passion to find it. Seeking after God in Psalm 105 and verse four, it says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. And in different passages, it talks about seeking the face of God. In that is the idea of you're not seeking his the blessings that come from his hands, but you are seeking his his face. You are seeking his presence. So seek God and live. So seek God with complete trust. So when we talk about seek God, seek God with complete trust. The uh, chorus that we sang, seek ye first the kingdom of God, is from Matthew six thirty three, where it talks about don't seek these things. Don't worry about where you're going to get food from and clothing and this and that. But seek God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be taken care of, shall be added unto you. So seek God with complete trust. When we fully trust him to meet our needs, when we fully trust him in the face of difficulty and trial, seek God with complete trust. Have you ever done a trust fall? Have you seen, I'm sure you've seen that where couple people get behind and and the person is supposed to just be stiff and just fall backwards and trust that the other people are going to hold them now there, some people can trust right away and just fall backwards other people 
Like they begin to, and then they try to catch themselves, right? They're not completely trusting that those people are going to catch them. Now, maybe that's for good reason. Maybe they're not trustworthy people. But are you completely relying on God in your life? Trust him completely. But then seek God with all your heart. Seek God with all your heart. In Jeremiah chapter 29 Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13, it says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Isn't it a wonderful promise that as you seek after God, God desires to be found. God, you will find a relationship with him. As you seek him, he, he delights in, in you knowing him. There's things that you seek after that maybe you have never found. You're like, to this day, I still don't know where that disappeared to. As you seek God with your heart, know that he delights in you coming to him. But then seek God continually. So seek God and live. Seek God continually. Not just at the moment of salvation, but continually as you rise in the morning. Are you seeking the face of God or do you seek your cell phone first thing? Oh, I wonder what the, the news is today. Oh, I wonder what the weather is going to be. I'll tell you, it's going to be hot and dry. Okay, there you got the week covered. What is the first thing that you seek in the morning when you rise? Do you go to God and say, Lord, I want to commit this day to you. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Help me to actually rejoice in this day. I don't know what's going to unfold. Help me to rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 63, 1 says, Early will I seek you, that daily will I seek you. Is our seeking after God something that, Lord, if I have enough time left over today, I'll uh, spend some time with you. Uh, Can you imagine if you said that to your spouse? You know, I know it's been a while since I've spent any time with you, but... One of these days, if I ever don't have anything to do, you know, and the fish aren't biting and the golf course is closed because it's rainy and then I'll spend some time with you. How often do we do that with God where we just give him our leftover daily early will I seek you, but then seek God in his word. You know, most of us, as I said earlier, probably have multiple copies of the Bible at our house, probably have a handful of of Bibles, or on your cell phone, you can have how many different Bibles downloaded on, on your cell phone. God gave us his word that we might know him. So if you say today, I don't know God as well as I would like to, you have access to him through his word. So are you, are you reading it, trying to learn more about who God is? Not just reading it, Lord, give me, give me a verse for today, but read your Bible saying, God, I want to know you more as I read this. But then in uh, Amos 5 and verse 14, it says, not only to seek the Lord, but to seek good. So seek the Lord by doing what is right. As we said, God loves justice and hates evil, being a just God. And the children of Israel had stopped Uh, seeking God and then had stopped seeking good and had stopped seeking justice. As um, we read in chapter five, 
you know, you take advantage of the poor because you tread down the poor. You take grain taxes from him. You are taking advantage of people. They had turned their back on God, which then leads to a lot of injustices taking place. When I know I have to answer for God, to God, for how I treat other people, I'm going to do things the right way. So are you living in a just way before God? So I want to encourage you today. As it says here in Amos chapter 5, seek me and live. Seek the Lord's face and live. In Isaiah 55 and verse 6, it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So if you are alive today, now is the time to seek him. And maybe you say, I know Christ is my personal Savior, and I hope and pray that you do. What are you doing to share that with others? Not just being content in your walk with God, but there are others around you today who have not found salvation in Jesus Christ, who have not even heard that there is a God and you are going to answer to him, who have not heard that he, he bids them come, that he paid the way for them to come. So today I encourage you, are you seeking God as if your life depends on it? Because it does. Seek him and live. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are in constant need of reminder, I know I am, of how easy it is to get distracted by other things. And yet you say, come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You are constantly bidding us come. You say, come boldly to your throne of grace. You tell us to seek your face. Lord, help us not to get distracted by our own lives, the cares of this life, but that we would not make ourselves our own idols but that we would keep you first and foremost in our life. Lord, help us to see the injustices that are happening around us and that we wouldn't just say, oh, that's too bad that that's going on. But Lord, you bring those to our attention so that we might do something about them. Lord, give us a burden for our neighbors. Give us a burden for the people that we work with, that we might share with them And show them how to prepare to meet you. Lord, I thank you for your word. Help us to be good students of it, that we might know you, that we might get a better uh, view of you, and that we might uh, follow you more obediently. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.